What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of What the Funk. Is it you or your thyroid? Uh, we're really diving headfirst today. Um, I wanted to just do this because this is a very common question that I get. Um, not do I only work just with gut health, but also hormones, which includes your, you know, thyroid, as well as your reproductive system, as well as your adrenal system. Um, but thyroid is a pretty big ticket item, and it seems like it's a pretty popular thing that seems to happen to people. Not popular as in it's something that people are trying to do, but it's sort of a subsequent, um, you know, reality of chronic dieting, diet culture, in addition to if you have any kind of environmental or genetic factors that might be coming into play in this situation. So it's really important, though, that you know, uh, you know, what your thyroid is, um, what it does, and how to determine if your lack of progress or what you're feeling, is it your thyroid? Or is it your lifestyle? Or is it both? And essentially, which came first, the chicken or the egg? So the first thing you need to know is what is your thyroid? So it is a butterfly shaped, you know, gland that sits sort of in your neck, um, kind of where if you think about a, a guy with his Adam's apple, that's about where your thyroid is in our body. And it controls literally everything. So it controls our respiratory rate, body temperature, our metabolism, digestion, our heart rate, blood sugar levels, bone health, it impacts sex hormones, as well as liver health. So it literally touches on so much of what our body does. So focusing on our thyroid health is super, super, super important. Okay. Um, and part of what happens is a lot of people get there, you know, they go to the doctor and they say, Oh, I'm not feeling well. I have this and this and this going on. And they rattle off like, I'm fatigued or I'm having a lot of gut pain or, you know, my hair is starting to thin or my skin is starting to get really dry. I'm having a lot of brain fog and your doctor pulls your thyroid and they go, you're fine. But likely your doctor is only pulling your TSH, which is called thyroid stimulating hormone, which does show your overall thyroid function. Um, and maybe they're looking at, you know, T4 or T3. I've seen it vary both ways, or they do TSH, T4, T3. And I'm going to break down exactly what all those hormones are here in just a moment. But then you get told, um, no, you're fine. Just go on your merry way. And then you keep feeling like ass. So um, what happens when we get labs drawn for our thyroid to check our thyroid specifically is we have to look at a few things. Okay. TSH is thyroid stimulating hormone, and that is going to be your overall thyroid function. And it's either going to be low, high, or normal. Now, what this actually means, what is going to be optimal for each person is going to vary because there's a few other things we have to take a look at. So we have another thyroid hormone called T4, which is our inactive thyroid hormone, okay? But we have to check our total T4 as well as our free T4. So there's two, two things that goes with this. So our total T4 shows the total amount, but the free is the amount that's available to convert into T3, which is the active thyroid hormone in our body. 
And similar to T4, we have to look at reverse T3, not just free T3, because our free T3 is the level available to the body and reverse T3 is the inactive portion of T3 in our body. So it's we got to look at those ratios and see where exactly everything is at. In addition, you want to check your ATA and TPO antibodies just to be sure that there isn't any risk of autoimmune disease going on. And this will kind of help you determine, all right, is my thyroid function due to autoimmune disease or is my low thyroid function due to my thyroid actually being low function? from lifestyle choices, okay? So before though you totally pin all of your issues on your thyroid, we really have to look at a few things. So low thyroid symptoms or hypothyroidism is something where your thyroid is not functioning at full capacity. It's low functioning. And this is where we see fatigue, thinning hair, hair loss. Sometimes you have an enlarged thyroid or thyroid nodules. It can affect your reproductive cycle. It can cause weight gain. It can cause issues with digestion. Um, it can also cause issues with regulating body temperature. Maybe you feel cold all the time. It's going to be very brain, you're going to maybe feel brain fogged. And those are some of the big hitters with low thyroid function. But we really have to consider our lifestyle before we just like roll over and accept that, oh, it's low thyroid. And then that's our excuse for everything, right? Oh, I've got low thyroid. So I, I, that's why I'm so tired. Oh, I've got low thyroid. So that's why I'm, you know, not going to wake up and exercise, um, <laughs> you know, because you're tired. And that's really tough, too, because it's like, well, in order to fix it, we have to do some things that maybe we don't feel like we can do. But there may be not things that we were doing to begin with. So we really have to look at our lifestyle, okay? So what really happens in order to get your thyroid low functioning is you are kind of getting in your own way. Now, this is not always the case when it's autoimmune disease um, because that's a little bit different story, although these lifestyle factors will impact you if you also have low thyroid due to, due to autoimmune disease. So don't totally, you know, take this for, oh, it's not for autoimmune. This will impact if you have autoimmune. Um, and the good thing is, is that I am implementing these changes and being aware of them is going to improve things, whether you have just low thyroid due to lifestyle or low thyroid due to autoimmune disease. Okay. So we have to take a look at First things first, your energy management, which does, yes, include sleep hygiene and sleep quality, as well as stress management, okay? And these are not sexy things, you guys. These are not sexy things. These are not fun things. I'm not telling you, oh, just go take this supplement and it's going to fix everything. No, it's going to take you actually doing something a little bit different, but we can start small. So the first thing that I would recommend you start doing is start tracking your sleep, to be completely honest. A lot of times people overestimate the amount of sleep that they're getting and they don't realize, oh, I'm not actually getting seven hours a night. I'm getting like five and that's going to negatively impact us, right? On multiple levels, but it really does have an impact on your body's ability to convert that T3 into, uh, or to convert that T4 into T3 and just improve your overall thyroid function, right? So first things first, we got to look at sleep hygiene. That is something that we can control to a degree. Now, I'm fully aware that there are some situations where you're not going to necessarily be able to get more sleep, but we can improve your quality of sleep 
from that point forward, okay? So some of these non-negotiable things when it comes to sleep are as follows. The first things first is I'm going to tell you, you need to stop scrolling on TikTok at night. I know, I know you're like, I know, I know, you know that I know, and I know that you know, but you really do have to. The reason being is that blue light actually inhibits our body from producing melatonin at a healthy rate, which means that our bodies are going to struggle on a basic circadian rhythm. Okay. So melatonin and cortisol function on our circadian rhythm and they control sort of our sleep wake cycles. If our melatonin production is sort of inhibited, cortisol is not going to do what it needs to do on the inverse, meaning that you're going to suffer for it. Okay. So you got to get off your phone. You got to get off your devices. Worst case scenario, if you really can't avoid like working late at night, and I totally get this. I'm a business owner. Sometimes I'm on my computer at nine o'clock at night. It just is what it is. Cause sometimes you got to get shit done and there's no way around it, but get a pair of blue light blocker glasses. Or if you wear prescription lenses, the next time you get your glasses updated, put a blue light filter on them. So that way you're not intaking as much of that blue light and messing with your circadian rhythm. And that's going to help improve your energy levels. Okay. The other thing that we need to do for sleep is also be aware of our sleep environment. Now, again, this is going to vary from person to person. If these are going to be realistic for you, this is going to be very dependent on what your life is, right? If you're like a new parent and you're waking up every couple hours to check on your baby, this is maybe not going to be something that you're going to be able to implement right this second. But something to consider for down the road is try to create a healthy sleep environment, right? Wear comfortable pajamas, get blankets that you really like, get a good pillow. Okay. Maybe you need to get a new mattress. Do you need to get an eye mask to darken everything? Or do you need to get some earplugs or like a white noise machine or some blackout curtains, but take a look at your sleep environment and see if there are one or two things that you can shift. That's going to better promote your sleep at night. Right. And it's like, well, that sounds really simple. Why? Why are you telling me these things? Because these simple things matter and they seem very small, but as you compound them, it adds up and it does make an impact over the long term. Okay. Like getting blackout curtains is game changing, especially in Arizona where it's very bright, very sunny a lot of the time. Um, especially in the summertime when in the evening it's maybe still light out, you know, until nine, 10 o'clock or night at nine, 10 o'clock at night, especially if you live in like the upper part of the country where your latitude means that it's going to be lighter later in the day. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to want to maybe have something that's going to keep that light from getting in your room so you can get some sleep. Okay. Another thing that we can do to improve sleep quality. Okay. Even if you can't improve the amount of time that you get sleep is look at what you're doing before bed a nighttime routine. Okay. And it does not need to be fancy. I want to preface this with, you do not need to be the aesthetic, like vibey. This is my nighttime routine. Like, you know, we know exactly what I'm talking about. You see these like reels on Instagram and it's like this perfect lighting, perfect aesthetics. Everything's white, everything's calming. And it's just like, this is my nighttime routine and it's 12 steps. And you're like, bitch, we do not have time for this. I want you to be flexible with this. It doesn't even to be the same. It doesn't need to be the same thing all the time. It just needs to be something where you know you're setting aside 10 or 15 minutes to do something for yourself at night. Maybe that's going to be listening to an audiobook. Okay? Maybe that's going to be reading a physical book. 
Okay. Maybe that's going to be doing a little bit of skincare. Maybe that's going to be making a cup of tea for yourself and getting five minutes of quiet time, but setting aside something for yourself in the evening that you find relaxing. Okay. That's not work. That's not your chores. That's not housekeeping. That's not taking care of somebody else, but that is purely for you. And that is so, 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 so important. So we talk about self-care, right? And I mentioned this in the last episode, and I did look up the quote. Um, in 1988, there's an African-American lesbian writer named Audre Lorde, and she coined the term essentially self-care. And she stated, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. So it's really important that you take care of yourself. So you have the energy to be present in those important things in life, as well as be able to just live the life that you were meant to live. Okay. So taking care of sleep, those are just a few of my favorite, favorite things that I tell people to implement. And they're actually quite effective when it comes down to it. Okay. Now, the other side of this is stress management. Okay, so how do we improve our stress management? So the first thing we have to do is understand cortisol, which I did mention a little bit earlier, is what we refer to as the stress hormone. So it is actually an adrenal hormone. It's part of our adrenal system. And it not just doesn't just help our wake and sleep cycles, but it is also um, akin to that fight or flight response. So cortisol essentially rises and lowers as the day goes on. Um, and there's a couple of things that we can do to help manage it better because chronically elevated cortisol leads to things like weight gain, irritability, decreased mood, anxiety, depression, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it, it's a very much linked into how we feel on a daily basis. So um, the first things first is that we need to recognize that stress and perceived stress are two different things. Now, this is a concept that I'm actually starting to learn a lot more about recently myself, is that the way that we perceive stress and stressful situations really does impact how we manage stress in our life on a day-to-day basis. I was in a training with some of my business colleagues, and I heard the phrase, the person hosting the training told us, the next time you feel stressed out, say this out loud. I am not stressed out. I am in a stressful situation. And if you say it out loud, it really does have this like weird look, kind of like, oh, wow, that really takes this concept of stress, removes it physically from my body and puts it like out onto the external factors rather than making it so internal. So managing that perceived stress is going to be really, really huge. Now on a more concrete level, some actual tangible things that you can do that aren't just like mindset based because I I love mindset and I think it's so important to actively shift our mindset, but we also want practical strategies too, right? Is exercise. (laughs) I know you're like, wait a minute, I'm too tired to exercise. Well, you're going to be too tired to exercise until you start. That's just one of those things where it's, we, we cannot get around it. Which came first, the chicken or the egg, which came first stress or being able to exercise or lack of being able to exercise. We not sure. You don't know unless you dive, dive deep into your past and figure out where it all, you know, quote unquote went wrong, where did it all go wrong? But, um, you know, we've really got to sometimes just like, put our big kid pennies on and like get her done. We just got to get her done. 
but I don't want you to start by working out like six days a week. Okay. So when I say we need to exercise more, really what I mean is we need to be more mindful of just our overall daily movement. And this can be as small as increasing our daily steps. So I know if you're like me, I'm that girl, I wear an Apple watch. Um, I just, you know, I like the functionality of it. Um, I like that it keeps me connected to my family really easily because I'm not always on my phone. Sometimes I like leave my phone places in my house and I'm not paying attention. But you know, I, I am, you know, side note, um, a co caregiver with my mom for my father who has Alzheimer's. So I just I, I always make sure I have a way for my family to contact me. So I wear the Apple watch, because one, it's convenient Two, it makes sure that the people that need to get a hold of me, I don't ever miss those calls. And that's very important to me. But whether you're wearing a Fitbit and, a, you know, an Apple watch, a Garmin, a Samsung watch, or anyone, there's a ton of really cool, just like basic activity trackers on Amazon that are even like $20, $30 and they work really, really well is start by tracking your overall daily steps. So this is what we refer to as NEAT or non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Okay, so just getting in more walking. Walking is amazing. Walking is one of the best things you can do for your health. If you have no idea where to start, just start by taking more walks, okay? Whether it's around your neighborhood, whether it's you go to the gym and the only thing you feel comfortable doing in the gym is walking, do it. I don't care. Let them judge you. If they judge you or they say anything, DM me and tell me and I'll tell them off. Maybe because I might not know who they are. But you know what I mean? It just screw them. Just go to the gym and walk. Go outside and walk. Get a little treadmill for underneath your desk and just walk. I've got a treadmill in my garage. I wish we had a treadmill inside, but it's like sticking hot in that garage lately. So it's just like, well, if I'm going to be walking in my garage, I just walk around my neighborhood right now where it's 100 plus degrees outside in Arizona. But it's nice in the wintertime because I'm a wimp and I get cold easily. But walking is going to make such a big impact because exercise helps our body better regulate our stress response. So when we're in a stressful situation, cortisol levels rise, but they've got to be able to come back down. Our body has to have the ability to let those levels de-escalate and exercise. Regular exercise is one of the best ways to do that. So this also includes whatever other regular exercise you do that might be beyond walking. Maybe you go to classes, maybe you go lift weights in the gym, maybe you go to yoga or Pilates or bar classes, but regular exercise is going to be one of the best things you can do to help your body manage stress more effectively because it's going to happen. It's not a matter of getting rid of stress. It's about managing it. Okay. So that is really important. And then sleep is also going to help you manage stress. So sleep and stress really go hand in hand. Okay. Now, when we talk about exercise specifically and your thyroid, um, your thyroid can be, and I've said this before, I think I, I did like an Instagram post where I was like, your thyroid is a picky bitch because it really is because too little exercise, it's not good. And too much exercise is also not good. And that goes the same for managing cortisol. Too much exercise will have the opposite effect of helping you manage cortisol. Um, but if we focus on just increasing your daily non-exercise movement, right? You don't need to go to the gym six days a week. Just walk more on a regular basis. Um, prioritizing sleep hygiene and actually resting in between workouts. So you do need to allow yourself to recover. So like I said, too much exercise can be a negative thing. Um, so, you know, a lot of times what I end up seeing is people going to these very high intensity classes five, six, seven days a week, and they're not giving their body time to recover, that is going to have a negative impact on your stress levels, stress management, as well as your thyroid function. So it's really important to balance 
your stress management. So there's actually a real quick fun fact for you. Your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or NEAT, actually has a bigger impact on your overall daily calorie expenditure than targeted exercise. There's about a 10% difference. So NEAT, or just getting daily steps, has a bigger impact on your overall daily calorie output than targeted exercise does which is wild. So that's why it's like, I'd rather you walk more and like maybe only work out two or three days a week than try to exercise seven days a week from a health standpoint if you're struggling with low thyroid, okay? Now, obviously, if you're somebody who is training for something or you need to increase your intensity for whatever reason, you need to make sure your thyroid levels are healthy first. Otherwise, you're going to continue to do more damage. I'll give you guys an example. So um, when I first got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I was um, just coming off of bodybuilding, a bodybuilding lifestyle. Um, I did uh, compete a couple of times in my 20s. I'm probably never going to compete again, not because I dislike the sport. I just know for me, it's not something that I want to do. I don't have the desire to do what needs to be done to really be competitive and effective in the sport. So I'm like, you know what, it's fine. I'll just move on to other things. But I loved it when I did it. And it was a great learning experience. But I was coming off of doing lots of cardio, lots of gym time, lots of weights, and I was working out seven days a week. And this was kind of one of the things that sort of contributed to how fast my symptoms came on was living this lifestyle. I'm not going to lie and say that it didn't contribute. It definitely did. But I also didn't know that I had autoimmune thyroid at the time. So, you know, the more you know, knowledge is power. But I went from working out um, a lot to like working out twice a week. And when I say working out twice a week, I went from doing like intense body part splits and doing like, you know, intense cardio to doing just very low impact, very low weight, 10 to 15 minutes, and then like walking for 10 to 15 minutes. And that's all I could do. That's all I did because I didn't have it in me to do anymore. But that ended up being a really smart move because I gave my body time to heal and recover. And now that I'm recovered, I can push my body more, but I also am more in tune with my limits. And that's another benefit of learning to listen to your body and go with the ebbs and flows is that you really do truly learn, oh, I need to back off and it's okay. And your mindset shifts around those things being okay. Because once you trust that doing more is not always better and you start to heal and you start to feel better, your mindset and guilt around exercise starts to shift for the better. And it's quite, quite magical. So exercise and your thyroid, you know, you just have to really balance everything. The other thing that's really important when it comes to your thyroid function, again, this applies to individuals with Hashimoto's as well as individuals with just low thyroid due to lifestyle, is you have to have a balance of proteins, fats, and yes, carbs in your diet for your thyroid function to actually kick in. So carbs is usually the one thing that gets a really bad like reputation, right? Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to cut my carbs. And you really can't, okay? There's a couple things you need to know about carbohydrates and how it impacts your thyroid function. So first of all, and I can do a whole nother episode on this, and I might at some point, um, carbs literally are your fuel for your brain as well as your exercise. So what happens is when you eat carbs, um, glucose gets produced and that glucose gets stored in our liver as well as in our muscles. Now that glucose that is from the liver is our primary fuel for brain function and energy and can help reduce brain fog. But the glucose that's stored in our muscles is what's primarily used for exercise and just physical activity in general. So if you're not eating carbs and you're feeling foggy, groggy, and like you have low energy, 
maybe go pick up some pasta. I don't know. It's just, you know, just a, just a general thought. Maybe, you know, go eat some spaghetti. Um, love pasta, although I do usually do gluten-free pasta because I have Hashimoto's. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second and why gluten and Hashimoto's are not best friends. Um, but carbs also spur insulin production, which aids the metabolism of that T4 into T3. You literally need carbs for the process of converting your inactive thyroid hormone to your active thyroid hormone. It's it's a non-negotiable. So that's why low-carb diets, while I don't necessarily have issue with like a low-carb meal or using low carbs intentionally, I don't think low-carb as a lifestyle is really going to be effective for most individuals because of how, why, of how it's needed for brain fuel, you know, exercise fuel, as well as thyroid, you know, hormone production. Um, it's just not the best fit for most individuals. So that's, that's the, not just my two cents. Those, those are the facts, but that's what you need to know about carbohydrates and your thyroid function specifically. So now if you are like me and you have a autoimmune thyroid, um, gluten is not going to be your bestie, uh, for the concept of molecular mimicry. So essentially molecular mimicry is where something so closely resembles something else that our body recognizes it as the wrong thing. So what happens is when you eat gluten, um, there's a, uh, enzyme called transglutaminase that gets produced and it is so close in, you know, molecular structure to thyroid tissue that your body mistakes it as too much and it attacks your thyroid. So it really causes a lot of problems. And this is not something that people tell you, um, if you are, um, an autoimmune thyroid patient and your doctor just gave you medication, but you didn't feel any better and they didn't say anything to you about your lifestyle, your diet, this might be something that you consider taking out gluten, which I know is like one of the worst things people treat, like taking out gluten, like it's a freaking death sentence or something like that. It's really not that hard. It's just a matter of being mindful and finding alternatives and then once you feel better, you're like, I could never go back to feeling like I did. So it, you're not, you don't even feel like you're giving anything up because you feel so much better on a day-to-day basis. So let's go ahead and recap here just a little bit. Okay. Your thyroid function is going to be caused, your low thyroid function is going to be caused usually from one or two things, either your lifestyle choices with lack of sleep, um, chronic dieting, poor stress management are usually going to be the three big ones that are going to impact your low thyroid function or what's presenting as low thyroid function. Or you maybe have an autoimmune disease that is causing your low thyroid function. But the things that you have to look at are those lifestyle factors. Um, is So it's like, is it my thyroid because it's really my thyroid or is it my thyroid because I, I, I sort of caused it unknowingly, not realizing that these behaviors that I'm engaging in through hustle culture, diet culture, you know, going nonstop, not resting, feeling like I have to be on all the time, high levels of stress have sort of culminated in this wow, I really don't feel good. It's, it's a very important question to ask. And then you have to do something about it. And that's really the tricky part is that we now have to change some things with how we were living our life. Because even though we know the things that we're doing aren't helping us, they're comfortable, they're comforting, and our subconscious is going to go towards those things, whether we want them to or not, even though we know consciously they're not benefiting us. So my recommendation to you is I want you to First of all, make sure that you're getting a full thyroid panel. Like I said, you need to make sure that you're drawing your TSH, your total T3, your um, 
your free T3, your reverse T3, your total T4, and your free T4, as well as maybe checking those antibodies at least once to ensure that it's not an autoimmune disease. Okay, so make sure you're actually getting the full picture. If you're not sure if your doctor is going to pull all of those, you definitely can ask them. I think that's really important is be an advocate for yourself with your doctor. Ask them to look at everything. There are resources to get these things pulled. Um, one of my favorite resources here in the US is Life Extension. It's where you can actually purchase these um, yourself and take them to a lab and get them drawn. Um, so that's really nice. And then you can take those lab results into your doctor to help get them deciphered um, if you don't have a coach who understands how to read and interpret lab work. Um, so that's really a good benefit is that you can get the answers even if your doctor won't pull that lab work for you be your own advocate. And the second is to, once you've determined, is it your thyroid? Yes or no. Start to take a deeper dive into those lifestyle implications that are going to be impacting things. You know, how is your sleep? How is your sleep hygiene? How, how are your stress levels? What are you doing to manage your stress levels? Um, are you over-exercising to compensate for things? And maybe you need to back off on some of that. Um, and also, are you maybe needing to, if you are an autoimmune patient, look at what are other factors from my food choice that could be causing inflammation. And then for everybody across the board, do I need to look at getting more nutrients into my daily food intake so that my body can better function? So it's really important that we take some personal ownership of the situation, especially once you have an answer, do something about it. So that is all I have for you guys today on your thyroid. Is it you or your thyroid or is it both? I don't know. Maybe we'll see how it goes, but feel free to DM me with any questions. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review here on the podcast. And thank you so much for being here and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. And are you ready to beat the blow? I am hosting my free Beat the Blow Masterclass. I did this masterclass a year ago and it was a huge hit and it is coming back and it is gonna be better than ever. This is taking place on Wednesday, July 27th at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It is free to attend, free to join, and there will be a replay available. So be sure to check the show notes or the link in my Instagram bio and I'll see you there.